what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Ask Podcast. Today is Monday, June the 10th. What's up, everybody? It's June the 10th. June the 10th? Wow, I'm way off. January the 10th. And what's funny about that is, today's my birthday. Hey, how am I doing this with absolutely, entirely, uh, inconsequentially no hands? Hmm, I don't, I don't understand that. How's everybody doing, man? Uh, today, I it is my birthday. Um, please hold your applause. I know, I know. I know this is a show, but we don't need to go that far. All right. I was just born on this day. I didn't choose this day. The day chose me. And January 10th is my day. Um, yeah, today I am 30 years old. Hitting the big the big old three. Uh, you know, I, I like to think that as you get older, you get wiser. And I, I think that's an important thing to know. I can definitely say in 10 years from today... Uh, or, you know, since today, whatever you want to say. Ten years ago, I don't know why I struggled saying that. Ten years ago, when I was 20, I was in a way different spot in my life. Obviously, I think I might have been in, what, college at that time. And it was a, it's weird to think how, like, your mood set, the things you worry about changes as you get older. And you know what, I I absolutely love right now where I'm at in life. I feel like uh, the people around me are amazing. My family is amazing. My friends are amazing. Uh, I get to get on this podcast and talk to you guys every 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 day, and you guys are amazing. So like, I I have no complaints right now. But uh, <laughs> don't be sad that I'm older. Be happy that I'm wiser. And uh, yeah, that's all I wanted to say about that. It's just my birthday. I just wanted to shout it out. I feel like, I feel like it would have been kind of weird if I didn't say anything on my birthday. And just did the whole pod like everything's normal when it's not. When it's not, I'm getting old. Uh, surprisingly, I don't have many gray hairs. Interesting, interesting enough. Uh, when I was younger, right around like maybe 24, I started getting like two gray hairs in my beard, and that's it. And that's all. It's still there. It's those two hairs, and that's it. So if I had a full head of hair right now, they wouldn't even be gray. So hmm, there's that male pattern baldness can't keep me down okay it cannot uh i can't wait for this episode to be brought to you by manscaped one day and i'm just gonna be or not not manscaped what is it for hymns hymns yeah i'm gonna get them as an advertiser one day and be like yeah uh you don't want to look like this guy because i i don't have a lot of hair on my head and i think it's honestly about time i shave it all off but uh i think i'm just too lazy i don't i'm too lazy to try a new look you know what i'm saying I think that's my thing. Like, I, I don't mind having, like, male pattern baldness or, like, a certain type of hairstyle. I don't care. Uh, I'm not the type of insecure guy that, like, puts toboggans on in the fucking, you know, the summer. I'm not, you know, I, I don't care that much. Uh, but I do think, like, whenever I grow it out, I'm like, I got to cut this shit. But other than that, I, you know, I'm fine with it being low, almost bald, but not bald yet. I don't know why I'm, what I'm talking about right now. How did everybody have... How did everybody have a weekend for this good? Hmm. How did everybody have their weekend? Was it good? I had a great weekend. Spent a lot of time with my friends and family. Got to chill. Um, As you're hearing this, I'm probably at work right now, so that's fucking cool. Uh, But, you know, that is life. As you get older, you become wiser. And you realize that you need to work, obviously. Um, But... Yeah, my weekend was great, man. I got to I got to read a lot of shit. I read a lot of manga, uh, a lot of good stories. I finished 
I finished and fully caught up on Berserk. Oh, God. Caught up on Berserk. And I also finished uh, Gleipnir. G-L-E-I-P-N-I-R. Which is a awesome series. Um, shout out to Groove. Got me the rest of those for my birthday. And I finished those in like an hour. An hour or two. It was, it was really freaking fast. Uh, and that story is amazing. It's, it's, a, it's a sign-in manga. So if you're into those, then it's there. Um, but then I also finished, what was it? Finished Chainsaw Man, finished Gleepner, finished Berserk. Uh, started back on One Punch Man. I need to start Hell's Paradise and Overlord. I don't know. That's basically the books I've been doing. But anyways, that aside, what have I been playing? I know this is a weird Monday to start off, but my energy is off. <laughs> so what have I been playing? I've been playing a lot of Forza. We figured out that if you, if you get on Eliminator, which is their Battle Royale mode, which is a blast, uh... If you queue up at the same time, you actually get to play with each other, uh, which is it's a typically a single player game or single player mode uh, where it's basically battle royale. So we figured out if we queue up at the same time, then boom, we're in the same game. We can we can drive past each other, challenge each other to races and eliminate each other. It is a blast. It's, it's exactly what I wanted. I don't know why they don't let you just do it and just let you have a convoy of people because there's not really like any types of fuckery you can really do. <clears throat> you can't choose where you want to spawn. Which is natural, but uh, outside of that, I mean, you still have to challenge each other. It's still kind of like you can't really screw over any other players or help your friend win, really. You kind of have to rely on your own skills and your own car. So, um, so hey, Forza Devs, if you're listening to this, add that, please. Thank you. Uh, I played Halo, of course. Halo has been fun. I, haven't, I didn't spend too much time on it. You know what? I didn't play Guardians. I need to finish that, and i am just been like... It is the longest freaking game ever, man. I need to finish it, and it is, it is, man. I I don't know if I'm gonna finish it. I don't. I really don't know if I'm gonna make it, but uh, maybe one day. But I did play an an interesting game that I actually did like a lot, which was a nice little indie game, uh, free little experience if you have Game Pass, and it is called Unpacking, which is a game that, you know. The game's not not known or anything. It, it's pretty well known if you if you kind of keep up with games or listen to podcasts and stuff. It was on a couple of people's you know top lists or honorable mentions of last year, and it's basically a game about you unpacking a bunch of boxes and stuff for a newly moved in person at a house. Uh, but the way they structure the story is actually pretty interesting. So how it works is it starts off in a kid's room, and I'm not gonna spoil the story because there's not a lot there uh but there is like interesting context clues as you go for it further uh but that's all it works on is context clues so you're you start off in what looks like a kid's room you're unloading toys stuff like that and then uh i'm just gonna go one step further uh as i guess like a spoiler it's not really a spoiler but spoiler um the second house you unload is a what looks like a an apartment or a dorm and it shows it tells you like what year you're in. So I think it starts off in like '97 or something, and then it start and then it goes or no, it starts off in like '94 or something like that, and then it goes to like 2005, and you're in an apartment, and like it'll say like 2013, and you're here, and then 2014. And what's cool about it is it doesn't tell you any of the characters' names. It doesn't give you a character name at all. It just says, "Hey, uh, what's your name?" You get to put your name. It has this picture book basically. 
and you go to the first picture and it's a picture of this house and you go into it and that's where you're editing your first room. So what happens is it starts you off. The room is mostly empty, if not all, all the way empty. On uh, certain scenarios, it isn't fully empty. And you click on the box, it opens up and you literally open it and it gives you like a random item and you just put them where you think they go. Uh, you get to organize. It's like really cathartic, really zen, nice and chill. And yeah, you just click and drag. So for instance, like uh, there's at one point she gets a computer. I think it's in the dorm area. Uh, she gets a computer. It's in one of the boxes. You open it and it's just a tower for a computer. So there's an, like an obvious spot in the desk where you can kind of put it. And that's where you put it. If you take it out and put it in like the kitchen uh, or like the bathtub or some shit, it, it, they won't let you just throw everything everywhere. The idea is to kind of put things where they need to go in a way. Uh, they are lenient, very, very lenient on where you put things. Like, for instance, if you get like a statue of uh, like the Eiffel Tower, it's like a little miniature statue thing. If you get that, if like you take it out of the box and it's there, you need to put it on like a shelf somewhere, obviously, like somewhere that is displayed. It can kind of be anywhere, um, but it would need to be on a shelf or like a desk or something. But if it's on the floor, it's like, okay, obviously that doesn't go there. So there are limitations. They will kind of like correct you if you do try to finish the level and there are things out of place. But for the most part, it's pretty lenient and it's very satisfying. It is so satisfying to just sit there and uh, kind of be able to do all the organizing of a brand new house without having to deal with the actual physical labor that is built into the, you know, the real life moving stuff. Because everybody hates moving in real life for the most part. Uh, it is kind of fun to like unload everything in the house and just like, you know, that's like the one of the best parts of moving, I think, is like getting to organize your own spot as you want. So... On that side, that's literally what you're doing. You get to do the best part of moving. Uh, and then it's so beautiful how they actually make the context clues work. Um, me and my brother played it, uh, James, who's been on the show before. He does. He did the Ted Lasso reviews with me, um, not Jay. He and I were both sitting there playing it at the same time on our PCs. And we were talking in our party. And we were basically dissecting what we were seeing in the boxes. We were kind of like, okay... Uh, for instance, she has this, well, let's, let's do an example. I don't want to like spoil too much, but, uh, hmm. let me see. Oh yeah. Okay. So near the beginning, she has a France, you know, Eiffel tower statue. And then later, like, I want to say it looks like where she might be in college maybe, or maybe even later she, she all of a sudden gets a tower leaning tower Pisa, uh, statue like a little figurine thing so uh it's a it's to assume that she's been there she's traveled and you kind of get to like get pieces of her life just by unpacking so it's interesting in that regards that like so much of your character is built into what you own in your house like how you live and uh that literally just drives in on that on that idea in this game and it actually somehow it shows gain and loss in different ways uh, and I don't want to spoil it cause that's like the heart of the game, but it, it's interesting to see some of the items like not there in the next move or, uh, more items there in the next move and you know, other people's items in the next movie. You're just like, what the fuck is happening? But you can kind of piece together ideas like, Oh, okay. This is probably an apartment. This is probably a house. This is probably someone else's house. This is probably, Oh, you can kind of, I can't, you know, there's certain things you can't do and can do at certain times. You're like, Oh, that's because of maybe this. Um, so it really rewards you for kind of thinking outside the box no pun intended. I am on a different wavelength this year. I'm now 30 years old, and that is no fucking pun intended, okay? Let's just move on. 
get it because you're unloading boxes. Anyways, um, the game is amazing. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was a, a great idea. And since it is 2022, we're doing scores. And I don't remember what my score system is. I think we're doing 10s. And I would honestly give it... Hmm. What would I, what would I give unpacking? I think... I'd give it a nine. I actually really like the idea. The concept is unique in the sense that it's not really giving you a direct story or telling you any characters' names. You get to fill in the blanks. And it does reward you at the end with a picture of what is going on. So it's not like it doesn't just lead you astray and just go, oh, maybe this, maybe that. It's like, no, at the end, it's literally this. So it, it, it does tell you an ending, which I absolutely love. And I think what it what it is actually doing is awesome. I can't really think of more I want out of it outside of maybe more houses and more levels, but I think that comes with the territory of it being like, okay, you would probably need a new character at that point. Uh, maybe this game would be suitable for more DLC. I don't know, but uh, if you want a nice Zen experience to kind of just play something and just like sit back, it has great music by the way. I don't. It's the most chill Zen music ever, uh, and just let that kind of rock, and you just get to unload a house, and you get to see certain things evolve as as the game goes you know a uh, small detail i'll just i'll start at the beginning so it's not a spoiler uh the she has game console she's a gamer and her game consoles evolve as you play the game so she starts off with a game boy color it looks like uh, like obviously these are like knockoff ones because it's a pc xbox switch game so it could be anything but uh you know it starts off with like a game boy color and then like two years later she has a like you're unloading and then you pull out like a Game Boy Advance and you're like oh the tech evolved you know what I'm saying so she still has like her old games and stuff or her you know new games uh and it does that with like all the consoles in the game and it actually keeps going and that evolution is fucking awesome also the game cases for these consoles have they're super pixelated like the whole game is pixel art but if you zoom in on the game con or the game cases you can tell what game they're kind of hinting at for instance, I'm trying not to spoil it. This is still early in the game, so I'll say this. There's a GameCube at one point, and there are GameCube games, and you can see the cases that you're unloading. They're like small little pixel things, but you can see on the cover of the cases that there is like a... There is somebody like, you know... There's a somebody there with a red hat, and then they're driving a red cart, and you're kind of like, okay, that's Mario Kart. And it has the black... Um, logo on the top of the case and even the spines of the case look just like it where it's actually like the words and on the bottom it has like the black logo that says GameCube. Um, impressive stuff, man. What a game. I, re I really did like it. I want more. I wish there was more of it, but uh, I might actually play it again. I don't, I don't know if I'd play it again, but uh, I do kind of want it in like a grander scale, maybe different ways, different things. Like just give us empty houses and like let us... Do or, you know, make levels like that. Just keep it going, maybe without a story. I don't know if it would benefit that way, but uh, I absolutely, absolutely, uh, absolutely loved it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, check it out. It's called Unpacking. Um, awesome game. Uh, and I give it a nine for a reason. Like, I, I know that might be, it's hard to say, like, yes, it's a smaller indie experience, and I don't think it deserves to get less points for that, you know? I think what it's trying to do, it succeeds in. I think the only thing it, it slacked in was maybe the the range of the game, the scope. Um, and maybe, I mean, the final level is amazing. It was really long. It had like, 
I'm not gonna spoil it, but it was really long, and I loved it. But uh, I did want maybe more, maybe maybe cover a couple people or something, you know, make it longer. But uh, yeah, great game, man. All right, and today we should be covering some news stories, uh, just a variety of different things that has been happening over the past uh, week. And yeah, let's just get started right into it. It looks like Mario Kart 9 is in development, which is pretty awesome. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has been like killing it on the Switch still, even to this day, um, with like random sales going on. It's still the, one of the most valuable games you can kind of get on that system, uh, just in terms of sheer joy and fun and entertainment you can get out of it. It's such a great game, uh, you know, undeniably the best Mario Kart they've ever made, with a, a bevy of fucking levels and a lot of characters you can choose. Um, you have the Grand Prix in there. The split screen multiplayer works like it is such, and it has online too, which is pretty awesome. Um, but it's such a great game, and it looks like they're also making nine now. So I'm interested to see what is going to happen with this. It looks like they're doing some interesting. If, if all this is true, the reports that they're talking about, it sounds like Mario Kart Nine is going to have a new gimmick to it. And they have not said what it is yet. Uh, a lot of people are speculating what it might be. I think that Mario Kart 9 will need that. I know that Mario Kart 8 kind of distinguished itself by making it... Mario Kart 8 it essentially became like Mario Kart Ultimate in a way. They have a lot of older maps and a lot of newer maps. Uh, not full-on Ultimate, but it is, you know, a pretty solid collection of Mario Kart history there. Um, but, you know... I think to differentiate yourself from Mario Kart 8 and not just make it a expansion pack with more levels, obviously, I think you're going to need to go big. I'm, I'm wondering what it might be. Some people were saying there might be, uh, it could be like a damage system, which I'm not the biggest fan of. I don't think a damage system would work in like a quick arcade feel, especially aimed at like younger audiences. I don't see why that would benefit anybody. Um... Let me see what, like, what do we think we need in Mario Kart? Maybe more, I want to say more customization, but I, I don't know if that even matters in the long run. I feel like Mario, Mario Kart doesn't need a lot in terms of, you know, making it that uh, customizable. Like, I, you don't really, I feel like having those changes will benefit you. Obviously, they do affect your stats and stuff, but I don't think that... In an arcade racer, it should be as uh, pick up and play as Smash Brothers. So if you if you ever play Smash Brothers, you just get in. Uh, obviously, there are settings for the mode you're playing, but you pick up you pick your character and that's it. Like you're fighting as your character and that's what you do. Mario Kart needs to just follow the same route. They need to just keep it simple. I think what they need to do is just make an Ultimate Mario, uh, add a bunch of levels like Ultimate, and just have a nice fat collection. But I guess. If Mario Kart 8 is kind of servicing that idea, then what they would need is something different. And if it is a big gameplay twist, then obviously I think if we could imagine it, then it wouldn't be that special. <laughs> um, so hopefully it is something drastic that is like, that adds something to it and doesn't take away from it. I was a little hesitant when they started doing the shit where you're driving on the walls and there's like little boosts on the walls and stuff. I was like, that's so unnecessary, but... Uh, it did become like fluid in Mario Kart 8, so it's kind of like, all right, it's not that big of a deal. But what could they do? Maybe give a different type of vehicle. Maybe have Mario Kart not only be carts, maybe make it uh, planes and stuff. Uh, you know, different vehicles that you can kind of fly and make them special races. Uh, I feel like you could do a lot of different things that would make it different. 
Uh, or, you, I mean, you could also go for just like a more, not realistic, but a more detailed Mario Kart where it is still that fast gameplay and obviously the, you know, the usage of items and stuff, but add more detail to the levels, make it look visually like a different Mario Kart game. Because I think if you do put up a Mario Kart 9 on the Switch platform with like no performance boost, it's probably going to look very, very similar to what you kind of have already. So I'm interested to see what they really mean by that and what they're what they're going to do with it. But uh, honestly, I'm just overall happy that we're getting more Mario Kart. I think Mario Kart 9 is going to be awesome. Uh, interesting to see it come out on the Switch. If it is coming out on the Switch, hopefully it does. But you know they're saying this it should be coming out this year which is even more interesting in a year where there are you know you got zelda and you have splatoon i guess this is going to be added to the lineup of a newer game um, i don't know it's going to be interesting to see what they do to get people off of mario kart 8 because i think fans of mario kart 8 they already have it the value is already there what's going to make them drop another 60 dollars on a new mario kart experience Maybe add, obviously, newer characters. I think that would be important when it comes to the newer franchise you guys are bringing in. So, you know, since that Mario Kart 8, there's been a lot of new things. I think they added the Splatoon characters to it already. But Mario Kart 9 could be newer characters on there like like Samus or something. Or, you know, it could be, it could be really anybody. Uh, maybe add some Pokemon in there. It could, you know, you can just look at the Smash roster <laughs> and toss any of those characters in, and maybe it'll it'll be a little different. Uh, maybe have some type of uh, what is it? Maybe some like one v one battles that are special. Make boss fights kind of that could be a gimmick. Uh, I'm sure most of the gimmicks are probably going to be based around the the map or the level uh, somehow, but I, I'm not sure what they would do. I hope I just hope I just hope to get it right is basically what I want to get at. I don't want to dive too deep into Mario. I guess I have been spending a lot of time on it, but still, it's interesting to see that they are expanding this franchise further in a time where they don't really need to. It doesn't really seem like the most necessary thing. It could also be the fact that Nintendo has they released I mean a lot of gems, like a lot of their bigger franchises already on the Switch. So you're kind of going like, okay, what can you kind of revisit? And it seems appropriate that Mario Kart 8 Deluxe kind of got uh, pushed on the Switch roughly around the time, you know, not when Zelda came out, when Breath of the Wild came out, but it's more, uh, I think it might have been a launch title as well. I can't remember, but it came around, came out around that time. So I'm curious to see, like, are they just going to go back and kind of expand from there, you know, for their mainline franchises? Are they just going to start at the beginning of Switch and just keep going through again as we're getting a Breath of the Wild and a, and a Mario Kart? So uh, interesting to see, man. Interesting to see another new story. Dying Light 2 will take at least 500 hours to fully complete. The main story and side quest will take roughly 70 to 80 hours. Um, one thing that I think is a bad habit, and I don't know if this is what sort of metric they're going off of to, uh, I guess, quantify why they need players on their games nonstop, but this is insane. Uh, this only, I mean, the 500 hours thing, obviously it's a little bit gimmicky to where it's not going to apply to everybody. Not everybody's going for the hundred percent of the platinums or anything. It's literally just, if you wanted to get everything, it's a, you know, 500 hours. So that's okay. Whatever. Uh, it sucks for platinum, you know, players. Maybe it's going to be a tough platinum, but even still it's like, if it's not going to affect that many people, oh well. And sometimes they have things that are like, uh, repetitive 
quests and things in games that kind of go on for a long time that might just be like a recurring thing for a while. And I guess they might just put endpoints on these. I, I really don't know what it could be in this game, but I'll tell you one damn thing. <sighs> this game comes out right around four or four, <laughs> almost called it Forza Horizon, Horizon Forbidden West and Elden Ring in, in February next month. So what does that say? Well, that says that Jordy boy here is not playing it day one. Uh, I definitely want to play it. If if I were if I were at the level where I got codes, I would definitely try it out. I would definitely play it. I am excited for this game, and I definitely encourage you to play it if you are interested in it. But I think uh, that if I was already at the point where like Horizon and Elden Ring are so close to that, and they're both going to be big RPG, you know, experiences. This as well as another type of co-op RPG experience in a way, and uh, it being that long, it's a good thing. Obviously, you're getting a ton of value for your money, and that's that's a great that certain companies do that. But if you look at what Assassin's Creed have done, like Ubisoft and Assassin's Creed and Watch Dogs and uh, fucking any other franchises, they make their games entirely too long now. And it takes like eighty. It takes like eighty hours to get the platinum on uh, Valhalla. And I think Groob friend hosts the show. Uh, he, I think he might have spent like one hundred twenty hours or something on that. So it's like, what is the line? How long? How long is too long for a game? It feels like it's kind of. It gets to a point where it's kind of redundant. It feels like you are recycling content just to keep the player in there. And you know, if this game is you know varied enough to keep you in there then that's good on the game good for that that's that's amazing but i it's it's highly unlikely that it's going to be that way i know when i was playing valhalla and odyssey on assassin's creed they're both super long games and i got to the point where i had fatigue i had leveled my character up to about where i wanted i didn't really want to experience any of the other skill trees or anything because i was already there I, i had my character where i wanted that's exactly what i wanted and it's pretty far into the game, and I had a uh, pretty a pretty good amount of skills and stuff. What was my my through line? Where where should I stop? And I found I found out that like the story just kept going. I wasn't really interested in the story, and it eventually got to the point where I was like, okay, now if I keep playing, I'm just gonna keep hitting that same gameplay loop. Where if I don't like the story and I'm just doing the fighting, uh, I'm not a big fan of the fighting right now because it's just repetitive. Then I fall off, and I feel like that dying light could easily fall into that same issue. I don't know why it would need 500 hours to fully complete, uh, but it does sound like some marketing gimmick to kind of shed some light, some dying light on this game. But um, I do think that, like, what what the hell is taking it <laughs> so long? What they, What makes it take 500 hours? It doesn't make sense to me. But uh, I guess we're going to see, you know, I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of people out there trying to see what's taking so long on this. Uh, what kind of missions are going to keep you busy for that long? Are they going to be fun? Or is there just a bunch of repetitive things you can do? Is it clearing off a map? Uh, it, it's, it's interesting. But 70 to 80 hours to complete the entire game just to beat it is still pretty long for a game. I mean, if you look at any like traditional RPG, let alone a JRPG, sometimes it, it can kind of go from like 40 to 60 uh, in certain cases, it would go well past that, but um, 70 to 80 is kind of stretching it. That is a long-ass time to be on a game. I feel like games I've really enjoyed where it hasn't gotten sour or almost started to get sour was roughly around 40. I feel like 40 is like at the sweet spot for certain games. And I think a lot of 
a lot of the popular games, like popular RPGs and stuff, will kind of mostly be around that time. But Dying Light, I mean, if you, if you don't know what Dying Light is, first of all, or second of all, I guess, at this point, um, it's a parkour co-op zombie game. And it's really fun. I absolutely, absolutely love it. But this one, I'm curious to see how the world is going to evolve around your gameplay, how it's actually going to be implemented to, like, what is keeping you on this game? What's the longevity? What's the thing that's going to keep you playing? Uh, especially if the game is that long and you're playing co-op that long, that might add some more benefit to it to, or, or more value where it is a long co-op experience. And let's be let's be honest, there's not a lot of co-op experiences this year. I think that's why It Takes Two took the crown last year. While it is a great game, uh, it is interesting to see a strictly co-op game get Game of the Year at the Game Awards. It's like... That is a, a, a bigger deal than most people think. You think about all these traditional games that are coming out, like single-player, action RPGs, all these games. Um, it Takes Two Taking the Crown is uh, um, you know, mind-boggling. It's something that... It's like it's almost as if like Forza won or something. Forza is kind of niche in a way, too, because it's a, a really good game. Got tens all over the place, but it is a racing game, and people still have that stigma where they're like, racing games can't win it because you're just holding the right trigger. But it's, it's not really what you're doing, obviously. It's a lot more than that. And Forza is an amazing game. So I think it's it's tough to kind of knock certain things that happen in certain franchises, let alone co-op experiences like It Takes Two. Um, so maybe Dying Light is going to be an amazing co-op experience. Maybe, maybe that's its selling point. Maybe it'll be a four-player from the jump Halo. Four-player from the jump co-op experience that you can just have fun with friends, go kill zombies, run around. It'll be like an RPG, uh, a, like a long, a long, you know, obviously it's a long game, but maybe it'll be a thing where you want to spend 500 hours on it. Maybe it is, uh, something more akin to like a destiny Two, not in terms of competitive multiplayer shooting, but in terms of a uh, living breathing game. And that would make more sense to me if it was that versus it just being, uh, an experience that you're playing this 500, 500 hours and you beat it and that's it. I hope it's something that is like actually worthwhile and you actually get to have fun doing it. Cause if it is this co-op experience, I'm kind of picturing in my head, then this news is amazing news. Uh, I guess in that sense you would want more to keep the game going longer, but it all depends on if it becomes repetitive, like I'm getting repetitive right now. So I appreciate you guys being here today. I know it's only two new stories, but that's all I wanted to do. I want to hit you with that review, hit you with these two news stories uh, that I think are pretty massive. I think we got a good amount of content out of it to talk about. And uh, I think I loved, I loved unpacking, man. Go play unpacking if you haven't played it. And I will catch you guys tomorrow on a new episode of the X Button Podcast. I will be back. And uh, yeah, I'll see you then. Bye, guys.